Hmm. Is it Satan, Nathan, Nathan? Hello, I'm Holly Oliver. I'm Sarah Devereaux. Welcome to Cover Your Eyes Uncovered. Indeed. What are we talking about today? Well, you told me we had a letter about the omen. Right. We ha- we did have some questions about the omen. Mm-hmm. Watched the movie and I thought, well, let me check it out. And so I went back and I checked out Hey, what's up with the the making of the omen? And I found two documentaries. Oh my god. About the curse of the omen. Oh my god. I love this. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> it's perfect for fall. There's this guy, Reverend Bob Munger, and he got the idea for the omen. And he had a friend who was like in the biz. They take it to some people. Next thing you know, boom, there's a screenplay. We're making a movie, It was a reverend right? that had the idea? Uh, I mean, he didn't say he was a reverend, but then uh, Richard Donner, the director, called him re- a reverend. So Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist paved the way for the horrific forces unleashed in theaters on the sixth day of the sixth month. In the year of our Satan, 1976. This is what we know. So at the beginning of production, Bob Munger told the producers and the director that the devil wants to be invisible. So since you're going to expose him in this movie, he'll probably ruin your lives. Oh, my God. Okay, Bob. Mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's a curse. It sounds like a curse. And then, by the way, why did you create this then? Richard Donner, the director, had this to say of Munger's curse. He said, quote, it went in one ear and out the other. (laughs) He wasn't buying it. He was not buying it. Bob Munger's idea about all this was that the devil wants to hide so he's not going to want to be exposed. Yeah. So Bob thinks that they're exposing this big, dirty devil secret. Yeah, like people making... already know about the devil. Right. What does he even mean? Who is this guy? I know. This is what I'm asking. <laughs> so, so crazy. He, he kind of seemed unhinged whenever he was talking in the interview about the curse of the movie and like he sounded very much condescending arrogance of somebody who thinks they know how to save your soul. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. how he talked. Do you think the devil likes to hide? I mean, I feel like he would want to be known, right? What's the point of hiding? I mean, what's a better what's a better way to get people on board with your debauchery than to show them how to have a good time mm-hmm. being debaucherous? Debauchery. 
Yeah, I think that, I mean, you know, like that saying, the devil is in the details. Mm -hmm. Maybe he wants to just be like subtly influencing all of these things so that no one calls him out or tries to do like an exorcism or something. Like he does want to be subtle so he can just keep perpetuating these things more undetected. Right. I don't know. I could see that. Like he wants to let his work speak for him, not not mm-hmm. be out and about. You know what I mean? So say are you Sarah, are you saying that you think Satan is a real artist? <laughs> I don't want to say anything positive about Satan, but I don't want to say anything negative either, because then I'm afraid he'll come after me. I just don't want to talk about him. No comment. <laughs> Do you want to hear about the curses? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I watched these two documentaries. The first one was called The Curse of the Omen. And it was like 50 minutes long. And the other one was a half hour documentary from the series Cursed Films on Shudder, mm. the Shudder Network. Oh, you Episode. have that? Uh, I just got it for this week to watch. Oh, nice. <laughs> these are my sources. So the Curse of the Omen documentary was very much in favor of the idea that there was most definitely a curse. Curse film series, The Omen on Shudder, was of the opinion that the film was actually blessed by Satan. Blessed by Satan? Yes. I wrote down the basic facts of the matter. So this one's really fucking awful. So we'll start with this one. So the beautiful Gregory Peck, who is the father in the film... His son, his son in real life, right before filming started in June of 1975, uh, he killed himself. Oh, no. So Gregory Peck going into the filming of The Omen is basically like not having any time to grieve. What we're seeing on film is like Gregory Peck grieving his real son, and he's in a film where he has to murder his son. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's awful. It's really horrible. It is. Is that a curse? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I mean, people kill themselves all the time. It's not like I do know what you mean. And it wasn't out of the blue. As Peck was flying to Britain to begin filming, his plane was struck by lightning. Oh my god. Two days later, one of the producers was flying to Britain again. And was also struck by lightning. Now, I tried to find if they were on the same flight route because it was so close within days. I was like, well, they could be having the same weather pattern just lingering around. Yeah. Because they're both going to the same landing in the same airport from the U.S. Mm -hmm. I thought it was God that liked to play with lightning bolts, not Satan. Maybe God didn't want them making this movie that, like, popularized Satan. So is it a God's curse? Maybe. Or he was just trying to, like, scare him a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Scare him out of doing the movie. It's like, I don't want Satan to get all this attention. (laughs) Satan's going to have as big of a fan club as me if this movie's released. (laughs) Oh, no. I mean, some things say that God is, like, a jealous God, right? So... He sure the hell acts like it. Richard Donner, the director and the production crew, 
they were taking like a small private plane and at the last minute they ended up not taking the plane and these other people who were uh, Japanese businessmen took the plane and the plane crashed at Whoa. takeoff. Yeah. So here's what happened. The There's a family of mom, dad, and son. They go to the airport. They drop mm-hmm. the dad off. He gets in the oh. plane by the plane that should have the production crew for the omen on it, but instead yeah. has some Japanese businessmen. The plane crashes into the car with his wife and child in it that was driving away. Oh my God. That's kind of bonkers, right? Yes, that's unbelievable. Except that the crew of the omen was saved. None that's of them the died. Thing. Yeah. It's like their plane is struck by lightning and they're fine. And then they evade a plane crash. I mean, yeah, it seems like someone does want this movie to get made. Here's, do you remember the baboon scene? At oh, the God. End? Lee Remick, the mom, and Damien, the evil antichrist child, they are in a car and they're driving through a zoo and the car stalls. And all of these baboons go completely nuts and they're terrified. So that was a scary scene. It was, it's really, really scary. So, how they got that scene was they took a baby baboon and put it in the back seat of the car. Didn't you say that was how you thought they might have done it? I think so. Yeah, I think you had said that. I think you were like, maybe Something there was like a that. baboon in the car. So yeah. the baboon peed all over the seats. Ooh. And the car actually stalled out for a second because Lee Remick was panicking so much that she like couldn't operate things. Like she was so that like everything you see is actually pure genuine terror. Oh my God. Because they didn't realize how much the baboons were going to react. And then the car stalling, like it just made it terrifying. So the car really stalled in real life. That's what it sounded like they were saying. Oh my God. That was so scary. Yeah. That was a terrifying scene. I mean, they could kill you like instantly. When there's a baby baboon in the car and they were hungry. All the baboons were hungry because the zookeeper didn't feed them the night before. Oh, my God. Because they were like, well, we'll roll them up. We won't feed them. Oh, geez. It's like, okay, so is that a curse or did Satan help them get a great scene? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it really stands out in like the horror genre. It does. I don't know. I think Satan's doing PR for this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So after production wrapped at that animal park, um, the zookeeper was mauled to death uh, by a tiger. Oh, my God. But here's the thing. It's a fucking animal park in 1975. You think the tigers really love their zookeepers? Mm -mm. Also, the whole, all of, you know, all of the animals were riled up because the baboons freaked out. 
Yeah. Then you know that went through their whole animal kingdom. That they oh have yeah. Everyone was supercharged. Yeah. Oh my god! Plus, he probably like delayed feeding everything because he was busy like watching the taping, and then all the animals were like starving. Mm-hmm. And again, it's someone like peripheral to the movie. It didn't affect the movie's production or any of the actors. <laughs> what kind of curse is this? No. See the innocent bystander curse. <laughs> Omen's like uh, Jessica Fletcher from Murder She Wrote. <laughs> It comes into town and people die. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my God. So at this point, everyone's like super rattled. And Lee Remick is like, I am not doing this falling over the balcony scene. Because as it was originally going to be shot, she was going to actually fall over Mm. with like a police system. So obviously she's not like free falling, but yeah. they were going to make it look like it. But there was still room for risk because she's still like hanging in the air. Yeah. And after all of the stuff that's gone down or been close to going down, her nerves are rattled. She's just coming off of Heck the yeah. baboon attack. They A lot re- of quaaludes going around, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> So they rework the scene to what we see now, which is a really cool shot. It's very trippy. And she's like actually just on a platform that's like spinning down. Richard Donner said that he was like so grateful for how it happened because it was like a way better scene than what he had planned originally. And he would have never gotten it if it wasn't for the curse. <laughs> so again the curse made the movie better yes <laughs> okay <laughs> once again satan is helping so so during you know they're filming mostly in britain right and um at this time in 1975 the uh, ira is actively bombing london mm. and twice the cast and crew Barely missed being in like a restaurant and a shop right before the bomb went off. Man, it's interesting because it's like, is that part of the curse where no one got hurt that was part of the film crew? Or is it just two factions of people fighting over different flavors of the same Christian God? It's a tough call. I mean, I'm going to go with curse. (laughs) As soon as they leave, it's like, whoosh, everything explodes, like, as they're walking out the door, like, in a movie. It's, like, it's not the curse on the Omen movie. It's that the Omen movie is the curse. (laughs) Yeah. Is this, like, the conclusion I feel like we're coming to? (laughs) This is what Richard Donner had to say. What the hell is the devil? This is the director. I mean, you know, uh, I don't believe in it. Did the devil have anything to do with making or not making this picture? No. Donner actually feels like he he doesn't want anything to do with Satan. Like, he thinks that it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I got, like, really strong, like, atheist vibes from him. So that's interesting because you were kind of of the opinion 
that the people who made this movie weren't Catholic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, thought they were, I thought they were trying to put forth this idea that the end of times was actually coming. Mm-hmm. But you were kind of like, no, nah, maybe they're just making a good yarn. <laughs> so we're both right. Yeah. There were conflicting teams of the people who were actually pretty Christian and really were like, oh, my God, is this are we having to watch for Satan? There were some producers that were like, oh, you know, I went out and I bought a crucifix and like I'd never been religious before, but I just suddenly felt like I needed protection. And and then there was the other faction like Richard Donner, who was like, let's make a scary fucking movie. Yeah. Let's scare the hell out of the audience. That's what we're here for. Uh, The original ending actually had Gregory Puck, the dad, killing Damien. And it was going to be two caskets, as we see in the actual ending. But it was going to pan to the caskets, and there was going to be an adult casket and a child casket. Mm -hmm. And then you were going to see that Gregory Peck was still alive. Oh, that was the original ending? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. But what happened was that Gregory Peck was like, I cannot handle a movie where I I kill my son. I don't care if he's Mm. the Antichrist. Like, I can't do this now. Like, my son died, and I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. And so Richard Donner was, like, really irritated, and they actually got into a fist fight. Oh, man. And then... But then Richard Donner was like, you know what? We'll do it both ways. And he said that as soon as he saw the way that it is in the film where Damien survives, he he realized how absolutely perfect it was. It was like a fever dream. And when you see little Damien smile, like kind of doing this half smile. Yes. That that's showing that, like, he's this little boy who's not really sure what just happened. And everybody's freaking out around him. And the idea that, like, people get infected with this sort of religious hysteria. And then they make these connections and these patterns that spell the end of days. Mm -hmm. But that actually, when it really comes down to it, Damien was just this little boy. Hmm. So that was more Richard Donner's vibes, the director. But then the other people making the movie were like, Satan's on the loose. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's an interesting combination. <laughs> so I have one more thing that's super gory. Oh, no. Actually, you know what? Hold on a second. Let me get, I'll just get back to this. Here's what this Harvey, who's a producer on the film, he was he was one of the guys that was pretty freaked out and was like, well, was there a curse? You know, like some weird stuff went down and it felt pretty freaky. (laughs) But here's here's what he said about the movie. After it came out. It's like having an orgasm. We made a picture that affected human beings. So what's interesting to me is that it like really helped infuse the collective consciousness with like paranoia about Satan. 
Mm-hmm. And their ad campaign, the Omens ad campaigns, included these slogans. So you open your newspaper. Uh-huh. You're eating your Frosted Flakes. Yeah. And you see this. Good morning. You are one day closer to the end of the world. Oh, my God. Or maybe this cheery number. Remember, you have been warned. That was their ad campaign? (laughs) But wait, there's more. Oh, my gosh. It's a warning foretold for thousands of years. It is our final warning. It is the omen. Yeah. Will you pass the jam, please? (laughs) What a way to start the day. Yeah. So after the movie was released, sales of the Bible skyrocketed. Everybody got about the book of Revelations. Again, is this a curse for Satan? No. Or a curse from Satan? (laughs) It backfired. If that was like Satan must have been really upset when he found that out. <laughs> Satan's like, God, I really suck at curses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the curse continued though, as it made a hundred million dollars in the first month. Again, doesn't sound like a curse. Yeah. So people became obsessed with the book of Revelations and this morphed into the satanic panic it was like a primer for the satanic. oh this led to it yeah i mean there's like a through line between rosemary's baby the exorcist the omen and then you start getting into these books coming out about how i was abused by satan worshipers and uh if you're if you're more interested in the satanic panic check out you're wrong about the podcast you're wrong about Mm-hmm. As Sarah Marshall, one of the hosts, she's like really, really knows a lot about the history of the Satanic Panic. Nice. So you have the Satanic Panic in the 80s, and then that comes right through into the QAnon stuff that we see today. It's all the same kind of hysteria. Yeah. You know what? I was talking to someone at work the other day, a social worker, and he said that he was like in the ER doing like site consults in the 80s and then everyone would said like everything was like satanic panic and i'm like i need to talk to you more i need to know more about this can you imagine oh my god i know i need to get some stories yes please now everything's just meth right do you believe a curse was unleashed i mean there are definitely a lot of really terrible events that seem like crazy coincidences and i mean i definitely believe in like signs and things like that but Mm -hmm. i just don't understand what the goal of the curse was it seems like really misdirected or like if there was a curse either like the curse was from satan and god was diverting it each time or god was trying to stop the making of the movie and satan diverted it each time it was like all narrow misses for the actual people involved. And then other people just got the brunt of everything. (laughs) And the movie was a huge success. And everyone made millions of dollars. (laughs) Yeah. That it made a ton of money. And then a bunch of Bibles sold. So that seems like 
not a victory for Satan's curse if that's what he wanted. I don't know. I think well, something definitely went on. Like that's too many yes. things. Well, there's one more. I oh. was saving I was saving the worst for last. Okay. Because I love you. <laughs> <laughs> After the, the release of the omen, stunt coordinator mm-hmm. Elf, who did the actual falling out. Oh, I'm sorry. This actual one, this one is not the worst. So there were, mm-hmm. but there are two more. Okay. Okay. So this is okay. So do you remember the scene whenever Lee Remick falls out of the hospital window and she lands and hits through the emergency? Yeah. Truck? Okay. So the stunt. There's a stunt guy by the name of Elf who actually did the did the falling. Ooh. And then Lee Remick was down already in the bottom of the ambulance mm-hmm. waiting to, you know, like open and you see her. A year later, Elf is working on another set and he's supposed to jump off of the roof of a building and he falls and he totally misses and ends up with the same injuries that Lee had in the movie. Oh, my after God. the fall from the top. Now, one of the things, though, is that when you fall from a top of a building, people tend to fall from the top of the buildings in very similar ways. That's how people know <laughs> that they fall from the top of the building when they do investigations. So, yeah, in and of itself, not, <laughs> not a lot of options. Like, he was like, I don't know what happened. I felt like I was pushed to the side, like away from, because he missed the bags that were supposed to land his fall. Mm-hmm. But that's not the worst. This is fucking awful. Okay. So you, there's this guy, John Richardson. He is the one that created the decapitation scene in The Omen. He designed oh, no. the decapitation scene, which is like one of the most horrific fucking scenes of all time. Yeah. I actually, when I was watching that movie, I actually, there were times during The Omen where I thought the people who made this movie are just fucking monsters. Uh And that was one of the scenes. Uh, Because I just felt like I was being tortured. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So It was rough. And this is really fucking rough. So, John Richardson... So, he's driving in Holland. It's after the movie wrapped up. And him and his assistant... Liz Smith are on the road heading to Omen, spelled O-M-M-E-N. No way. They wreck the car. He wrecks the car. And Liz Smith is decapitated. No way. So then John Richardson said that when he got out of the car, because he he was not injured. He wasn't injured. Oh, my God. He made the Omen. Liz Smith did not make the Omen. Just saying. Yeah, that's sticking with the routine. So that's so he said weird. when he got out of his car, the mile marker across the road was marked no. six, comma six. No. Now this was straight from the horse's mouth. So in so he was there, but for some reason, whenever Richard Donner mentioned it. He kind of mentioned, he kind of talked about it like he didn't really believe the 666 part. Mm-hmm. Like he seemed skeptical about that. Like that, that maybe John was just like an exaggerator or something. That's how I'm feeling right now. 
Right. Like I, I did, I'll be honest with you. I did not fully believe John Richardson's story as he was telling it. I felt like he was exaggerating personally. Yeah. However. Oh no. So I sort of feel like uh, I kind of agree with Richard Donner's final thoughts on the matter, which is that if anything, Satan blessed the film and helped make it popular. I mean, at this point, it sounds like it. <laughs> Except for the all the Bible selling part. If what people really mean, if you took, okay, so if you strip away all religious dogma and you just look at the patterns of a, a frequency that's lighter and a frequency that's denser, heavier, right? And you put all of the love emotions on the lighter frequency and you put all of the uh, anger, fear, hatred, violence, all of those types of thing, activities and behaviors and feelings on the, the dense vibrational side of that. You could call that negative or positive, right? I'm trying mm-hmm. to keep things as neutral as possible. In yeah. this. So they, So the people that are making The Omen are making a movie with the pure intention of scaring people. Mm-hmm. And scaring people at their most fundamental core, which at the time in this country was a fear of Satan. This is a Christian rooted country. Yeah. It's an inadvertent curse that they actually unleashed on the United States. They, they put so much dense vibrational frequency out into the world that it attracted more of it around them later. Oh, okay. I can see that. What were you going to say? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I just have my mouth open. (laughs) (laughs) I was just in awe of everything. (laughs) I mean, does that make sense? It does. But again, then it's like, why is all the bad stuff happening to people who are innocent? <laughs> the people who made it are what's like attracting all the bad energy. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part. I don't know. <laughs> it was just like a force field around them. And then whatever was in their path was. Psh. Exactly. That's how it okay. felt to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how it sounds. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was so good. It's crazy. So crazy. So I thought we could I thought we could lend on end on a light note though too. For oh, as okay. far as the curse of the omen goes. So screenwriter David Seltzer had planned to name the Antichrist in the in the movie Domlin. What? D O M L I N after quote a totally obnoxious brat child of a friend uh but then his wife convinced him that that would be horrible to do that to the kid and it was like very obviously like a huge diss oh my god because there's not a lot of domlins out there you know 
clearly friendship injury. Yeah. And he's like, no, not your Domlin. It's this other Domlin I met who's a total dick kid. Oh my god! I mean, Damien's close enough where I feel like the people were probably thinking, "Is he? Is this about?" <laughs> wow! So he he named Damien after Father Damien, who started the first leper colony in the Hawaiian Islands. Mm. So Harvey Stevens, who plays little Damien, auditioned for the part, and Richard Donner was like told him attack me fight me like you would if i was your size just pretend i'm a little kid Mm -hmm. so harvey stevenson went right over to him and whacked him in the nuts (laughs) and he was like you're hired kid nice (laughs) oh man Grown up Harvey Stevenson uh, was in the docu- one the Curse of the Omen documentary. Oh, cool. He was, like, he was like, I'm not particularly religious and I don't really think there was a curse. I've had a great life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I wonder what he looks like now. What was that like growing up as Damien, though? That'd be well, weird. Well, one thing uh, that was probably good is that he's a natural blonde. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he's a little toehead. Oh, okay. And they dyed his hair. Really? Yeah. Because blondes can't be evil. No, I thought you would appreciate that. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sick of that. <laughs> blondes are pure light. And stupid. Goodness. <laughs> and dumb as hell. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm a blonde. No, that's funny. Yeah, I'm saying that because you're a blonde. <laughs> I don't really mean it. I just feel like they get favored so often, especially in movies. Mm-hmm. I'm over it. I think it's changing quite a bit. Yeah, it's changing. Do you have anything to add to that about the... No, I really enjoyed that. That was cool behind the scenes. And it it does still feel like a mystery to me of what was really going on there. Like something was going on. I'd love to know (laughs) what our listeners think is happening. Yes. Yeah. Listeners, tell us what you think about the Omen curse. Was it Satan's curse? Was it God's curse? Was it nothing and just pure coincidence? Email us at coverizepodcast at gmail.com. And have you ever been cursed? Tell us about it. <laughs> or felt yes. like you've been. I mean, it could happen. Well, I have my letter that was inspired by the omen. If you, should I read it now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Since that's what led you to all of the research on the omen this week. It's a good tie-in. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. Okay. It's titled... Bad haircuts and demon curses. Hi, Holly and Sarah. I'm really glad to hear the Omen episode. I had some pretty severe childhood nightmares about that movie, so I didn't do a rewatch, but it was fun to listen to you make fun of it. I felt like you made it less scary for me. That's good. Um, Like I said, it really messed me up as a kid. I'm sure. Uh, Let's see. My dad ran a great clips. Remember those? (laughs) 
Definitely. I do feel like they're still around. I think I went to one like within the last two years. <laughs> um, so it's just like a, a hair salon where you can run in and get a haircut really cheap and fast, basically. Um, so he insisted on trying out the latest hairstyles on me, but unfortunately he had the skills of a drunken barber. He wasn't actually drunk, just really bad at cutting hair. So why is he running uh, great clips? Yikes. Um, I had to live with bad haircuts for 14 years until a perm gone terribly wrong almost caused my parents to get a divorce because my mom finally put her foot down and said, no more haircuts. It's like a minor form of child abuse to like experiment on their hair. They have to go to school with that haircut, whatever you end up doing to them. I just, I just imagine her dad being like extremely enthusiastic about like what a great job he's going to do. He's like, this week we're trying the Pat Benatar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's a girl or a guy. They don't really say yet. Um, my hair recovered and thank God, I guess if they got a perm, it's probably a girl. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> my hair recovered yeah, and, and i think in the 70s or 80s guys got perms too <laughs> oh, you're right they did. <laughs> um my hair recovered and thank god it was summer and i stayed indoors for a couple months oh thank god it was summer so they didn't have to go to school and have be ridiculed for their haircut i stayed indoors for a couple months while that wretched perm relaxed <laughs> <laughs> it was really tight perm <laughs> Needless to say, by college, my hair was so long, I looked like a hippie and still didn't go to a hairstylist for years afterwards. I definitely don't blame them. <laughs> no, not no. after all that. Um, speaking of college, my dorm mate, Addie, my sophomore year, was a totally normal girl. In fact, I was like, oh, God, she's going to be so boring. She was so boring until she wasn't. Addie came back from a party one night so drunk that I don't know how she was even walking. I turned her on her side after she passed out on the bed. That's a good roommate. Yeah. That keep is her from roommate. choking to death. That's nice. The next day when I got up, Addie was gone. When I got home that night, she was sitting on her bed ripping paper into strips. She was weird and kept staring at me. It was paper so mache? creepy. Yeah, maybe she was going to make paper mache. Um let's see i said her name but she kept staring through me and not blinking yikes um i thought maybe she'd been sexually assaulted or something oh but she said she because like she was drunk the night before i guess and oh just like that sort of like maybe like not blinking like in shock yeah exactly I thought maybe she'd been sexually assaulted or something, but she said she hadn't been. And she was like, why are you asking me that? This kind of thing escalated until she started ripping up her own clothes into strips and leaving little nooses around campus. Um, yikes. I would definitely want to move at that point. Um, super weird, right? Get her uh, into the I, art. <laughs> the <laughs> get her into the like first break psychosis <laughs> clinic at your school instantly please um i got transferred out of the dorm room after an incident where addie was talking about how to poison someone right after she served me a cup of tea <laughs> <laughs> so fucking rude <laughs> <laughs> 
You're like, excuse me, I'm going to go vomit this tea up right now. Oh, my God. Um, I know that sounds silly, but in light of how creepy she was and how terrible she had started to smell, I and I know she was showering all the time, too. I got to tell you, can I just say, I mean, I really trust you a lot, Sarah. Oh, you do? Okay, good. But if you served <laughs> me a cup of tea... <laughs> and then casually mention, talk about poisoning people. Mm-hmm. I would still take like a second where I would be like, hmm, I'm sure it's fine. But you would still take a minute. I think that's good advice, no matter what. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know what? Poison can't be tasted in hot <laughs> beverages. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay. I know that sounds silly, but she was super creepy and terrible, and she had started smelling terrible, even though she was showering. And being in the same room with her made my skin crawl. I really had decided that she got possessed by something. Because I thought she was saying that she smelled so terrible because she wasn't showering, like she was depressed and psychotic, but this is saying that she was showering. So she she was bad. Yeah. Is that like a thing with people who get possessed? Yeah. Oh you smell bad. Yeah. A lot of times oh. it's like a sulfur smell has oh. or like sort of a metallic smell. Um, if that makes sense. Like it's like a metallic sort of a sour, sour metallic smell. Oh, okay. Um and then also like more of a, a petrol smell. Mm. Uh, so those are those have all been reported with demonic possession. So because I like I said, I believe in I actually believe in possessions mm-hmm. as we've talked about before. I just that that girl here was the thing that w- was alarming to me was that I had heard, I have read this, I read this book. I wish I could remember the name of it. It was by this priest who does exorcisms. And he was talking about like one of the people had like, it was like one of the things that people will do is like make like weird, like rats nests kind of a thing. Oh, so I don't know. So, like that's what the paper strips are for. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. Okay. That's but wait, it, it gets worse. What? But wait, it gets worse. Um. That's what I'm saying. So, being in the same room with her made my skin crawl. I really had decided she got possessed by something. One time, I found a cup with blood in it in the what? dorm room, and another time, I caught her eating raw hamburger. Oh my god! I actually know someone who used to do that. Okay, I did too, and it was in college. Yeah, me too. Okay, he was weird, but I don't know. Maybe he was possessed. He was weird too. Like, well, it was actually like kibby. I think they call it. So there's actually like some seasonings and stuff in it. But uh, I mean, she like made steak tartare. The the woman, the girl that I knew that would eat that. Oh, okay. She tried to get me to eat it one time, and it was weird. I've had steak tartare before. 
Um, I was like really drunk when I ate it. I don't know if I can do it when I'm sober. Um, okay. Do, do, do. One time I found a cup of blood in it. Another time I caught her eating raw hamburger. She said it was steak tartare. Oh, oh. she's like, you're girl from college. Um, but come on, it wasn't even seasoned or anything. Um, I don't know what happened to her. She dropped out of school after I moved out of the room. Her eyes changed from hazel to black. Ooh. I think that happens to me when I get mad. (laughs) That sounds like a sign. If that really happened, oh my God. I would move so far. Uh, I swear to God, and it was really scary. Yeah, it sounds really scary. I'm glad nothing too weird happened. I mean, I feel like this is all too weird already. I mean, it's (laughs) don't you? Yeah, I mean, whatever is happening is creepy. No matter the Uh, explanation. (laughs) I know. Uh, I'm glad nothing too weird happened, but I heard that being drunk is a perfect way to attract bad spirits. Yes. Okay. Um, Absolutely. Oh my god! If you want to, there's a lot of people at risk. Oh, totally. Yeah. If you want to get possessed, go to a bar. No. Go to a bar and get blackout drunk. That's not why I go to bars and get blackout drunk. You'll you'll bring some critters home. Oh, my God. And they probably won't do anything to you except make you tired. Maybe I was possessed in college then. Mm -hmm. Probably. Oh, my God. Um, but hey, thanks for making me laugh about evil. Signed M. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I, I think I would have been moving back home after I found a cup of blood. That would probably be where I would be like, okay. I, well, you know what I thought is interesting is that the cup of blood wasn't cited for the moving out. The cup of tea was. Like, oh, yeah. The reason, yeah, I'm trying to see. Okay, here's the thing. So when I was in, when I was in college, I knew a couple people that dabbled in vampirism. Oh, my God. So, so like, the cup of blood thing and the tartare, I'm kind of like, well, I mean, that's not a lifestyle choice I would actively encourage, but... <laughs> It might not be that creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> like it might be like cow's blood or something. It sounds like a gateway drug to vampirism. Well, I don't think you can really drink a lot of blood. What? I think I think blood will make you sick if you mm-hmm. drink it. I think so. Right. Unless you're a vampire. Or a demon. Right. Or you're feeding a demon. Oh, my God. I can see me. Everything crashed. All right. Okay, so the screen froze and we, like, lost connection. And I think it's all because we're talking about the omen and the curse of the omen. And, like, the connection's been bad all night, too. I'm not kidding. Before I even knew what we were talking about. Richard Donner, I'm blaming this all on your curse. Totally. (laughs) 
<laughs> so hopefully that all recorded, but we yes. finished the letter. So okay. Well, I think we're I think good there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Cover Your Eyes podcast. We love it when you subscribe, rate, and review. You can also visit our store on Redbubble at Cover Your Eyes Podcast. On Patreon, we've got an after party every week where we tell all our secrets and answer the movie mysteries that keep you up at night. It's twice the melodrama and double the fun. Find it on patreon.com backslash cover your eyes oh don't forget if you have your own memories of this movie let us know email us at cover your eyes podcast at gmail.com